Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome out to another episode of Peace, Love, and Hot Sauce, the quarantine edition. Today, we feature multifaceted Mr. Robert Budowski. Enjoy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome out to another Peace, Love, and Hot Sauce podcast, the quarantine edition. And today we feature Mr. Robert Budowski. He is a tax professional, a drummer. He promotes shows as Strutter USA, and he's also the manager of Jacuzzi Boys, a punk rock national touring band. Good morning, Mr. Budowski. How are you today? I am good. I am good, thank you. How you been? I've been, I've been, up? I've been holding up, man. I've been a little bit better, you know. It's every day is the same, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we 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 we've spoken. I guess I don't really have to. Yeah. Have to bullshit. <laughs> I know. How you, I know exactly how you're doing. Um, let's start at the beginning. Um, what? Where did you grow up? Uh, what made you want to, um, dive into the wonderful world of music? Well, I'm uh, I'm a local boy, born and raised in Miami. I was born uh, Mount Sinai Hospital, Miami Beach, and um, I guess m- music was always in my life. Um, my mom was music. My mom is musical. Um, I remember her as a little kid. Uh, mom was a singer. There was always music being played in the house. Um, I'm the youngest of three, so we were all given piano lessons at the same time. I was four years old when I started piano lessons. And, uh, you know, fast forward to today, I I can't even look at a piano. (laughs) Um, But it was an introduction, and I guess by eight years old, um, my brother and I went in on a drum kit together. And uh, that's when I started really uh, getting into music, playing drums at eight and taking some lessons and just um, putting the headphones on and banging away to my favorite records. Wow. I saw you played yeah. drums with, and I didn't know that, I mean, I knew you played drums, but I'm like, damn, Robert's good. It was with, <laughs> um, gosh, my mind is drawing a blank today, uh, Fang Daddy. It was... Uh, yeah. Uh, full-time mother, you know. Um, there you go. Yeah. FTMF. FTMF. Are you still with with them? Um, no, I'm no no longer no longer with Fang. That was uh, that was a band that ran super hot. Um, <laughs> Fang is a real fucking character. Uh, and um, yeah, he's 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 a great songwriter. Um, he. Fang has the blues, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, it it just comes out of him. And his the lyrics that he writes are actually the pain that he's feeling. And uh, so his songwriting is really strong. And it was always a lot of fun. The songs are super energetic. They're super high energy. I love playing drums to them. Um, but like I said, you know, that band just kind of ran hot with personalities and, 
Um, it went on as long as it did because the music was good. Okay. Um, and it, despite the the difficulties involved with the interpersonal stuff, you know. I hear you. Are you yeah. um Are you playing uh, drums with anybody currently? Yeah, now I play with Mr. Entertainment and Poopy Smackers. That's right, that's uh, right. He's been around a while. He's been around a while. And uh, we all now, the the whole band now, uh, except for Jordan, the bass player, we all live in the neighborhood. We all live in Hollywood. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's just, you know, it's like uh, a bunch of friends that get together, uh, play music, and eat snacks together. It's basically what that's we do. Cool. Do you guys have any um, material recorded, or when this all thing is when this all when this COVID is done? Do you have any shows booked? Um, we do have a record that we did. We recorded it with Spam, okay. uh, Andrew Yeoman at, at his place. Mm-hmm. We did it. Um, uh, let's see, about a year and a half ago. Uh, it's called Good Good Black Medicine Here. Okay. Um, it was a lot of fun making that record. Um, if you ever have the opportunity to record at Spam's, it was a great recording experience. Um, I, I, while I don't have extensive recording experience, I haven't done it enough to know that Spam made it super easy. Um, he's got a great setup in his house. He's got everything you need right there. You bring your sticks, you bring your cymbals, and you're ready to go. Um, it's a different... It's a different entity. It's a different animal's recording versus live playing, for sure. Oh, for for sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Especially as the drummer, you know. Oh yeah. Um, That's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're that first layer, and uh, everybody just kind of sits there with their elbows on their knees and their chins in their hands, looking at you. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, Rob, get it perfect. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so recording is definitely a different experience from, from playing out. Uh, I, like, I like both. It's, it's a different challenge, recording. Sure. You know? Um, let's um, see. Yeah. What, what, uh, what drum kit do you prefer playing on? What's, I remember you had a huge kit, and you smacked right. the hell out of them. Like, you play drums like they should be played. That was the... Well, I, I appreciate that. That was um, the FTMF kit. I have a... It's a a Ludwig kit with a big 26-inch kick. It's a bottom, a bottom-style drum kit, and it's just fucking great. It's 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 what you want. Uh, I just think aesthetically, I think the big kick just looks so much better. Um, you're like behind something, yeah. you know? Yeah, like a um, table. <laughs> yeah, and and it gives you the big bo- the big boom boom. Um, the floor toms were uh, 16 and 18, and everything was just big. Uh, I have that kit, and I have an old, really my, my, my go-to kit is my old Slingerland kit wow. that I bought literally on the way out of Gainesville. When I, when I left Gainesville, I stopped by Sabine Music, I believe was the name of the shop, wow. on 13th Street, on the way out. And bought this drum kit, threw it in the car along with all my other shit, and drove home. When I was in Gainesville, I was sort of uh, a frustrated musician. I tried out for a band, 
and they were just a bunch of freaking weirdos, man. They played like <laughs> the association. We did a cover by the association. Um, just weird shit that I really was not down with. And it was, I just had a hard time finding like-minded people to play with. I, I, I would mm-hmm. play like open mic nights and, you know, and do like blues jams and stuff. And, oh. and I did meet one cool guy. Actually, I did meet Kenny Lippy out of that. And, uh, uh, Kenny and I are, are friends to this day. He lives in Atlanta. He's a great photographer and super talented guitar player. So we had some fun jams, like at his place um, in Gainesville. I also met some really interesting people through him, um, Jim Evangelist, who was the muralist uh, <laughs> in Gainesville before murals were a thing. There were murals in Gainesville wow. under what's now the DNA Bridge, uh, also on 13th Street, uh, for anybody that is familiar with Gainesville. <clears throat> um, and Jim was a super interesting cat, and he interviewed... This guy that lived in Gainesville, he was a homeless guy and a terrible alcoholic, and he was really, really sick. His name was, uh, his name was like Johnny Johnson or Robbie, not Robbie Robertson, but like, like you know, Daniel Danielson, some shit like that. And he <laughs> played keyboards for Roy Orbison. Wow. And yeah, and this guy would come to the blues jams every now and then and sit down behind the piano and you'd be like, oh boy. And by the time he was done playing, you were like, oh, boy, <laughs> it just came out of him. It was amazing. So so Jim one day inter- was doing a series of interviews and, and tape recording them and uh, just trying to get stories out of him. And it was just that's one of those memories that stuck with me from Gainesville after after all these years. So, um, like I said, Kenny Lippy introduced me to some interesting people in Gainesville. Now, you're, you obviously have a passion for music, and it shows with everything that you do. Now, how, how do you find time to be a CPA? That's, to me, that's mind-boggling. Because <laughs> it's two different areas of the brain. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I, I, I think people either forget, or maybe they don't, totally understand that accounting is an art it's not a science yes yeah, it's not I agree. an exact thing yeah um we have it's a it's a puzzle you know we we're putting puzzles together we're taking bits and pieces of information and we know where we want to get it we know what the end product is going to look like and like i say we have to fill in the blanks from in between the information that we get from clients to the finished product that we give to IRS or the state or whatever. So it's definitely an art. I, I do think it involves the same side of the brain a little bit. Huh. Um, yeah, I mean, there's the math stuff, and mm. I guess I've always yeah. been strong in math. My dad was a CPA. Um, okay. And I never really, like, growing up, it's not anything I really wanted to do, but I did like the fact that I, I, I thought my dad was a financial shrink to his clients. And that's the part that I dug about it was the interpersonal relationships. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a people person. I like talking to people, I like helping people. And that's why, that's what drew me to it. You know, nothing about, uh, you know, all the numbers and stuff like that. So I like what I do. It's, hmm. um, 
Were yeah. you, and, go okay. on. Well, and, and then the way that the two, my, the two worlds kind of came together is, is, um, you know, years ago when, um, the music industry started to change when, you know, started with Nap, with, uh, Napster. Yeah. And eventually to, um, you know, and, and it also involved the ability for small bands to record at home and the whole DIY thing. And what that did was that bred a whole new, it, it used to be before that, before the record industry changed, it used to be that bands that needed somebody like me had, they were with a big label and they were passed off to some Beverly Hills accounting firm and, you know, that's how the, the, their shit got taken care of. And and now with all of, you know, the ability to do it yourself, um, you have a lot of these bands that are basically little, little blue collar, little mom and pop shops. You know, these bands are able to um, record records, go on tour, uh, sell merchandise, license their, their music, and uh, and it's a whole it's a small business. Yeah. And that when I saw that opportunity start to open up, uh, that's when I got involved helping artists and musicians, um, and, and and started bringing them in as clients. And and then from that, then I had these really you know these good relationships with these people, and as a lifelong resident of Miami and a and a musician you know, a music fan, um, I, I was frustrated because bands would never come down here. You know, we were geographically undesirable for bands that I like, you know, little rock and roll bands, punk rock bands that are touring in a, in a van, they wouldn't come to Miami because we're so far out of the way. You know, the closest stop would be Orlando. Yeah. And that could be an eight hour round yeah. trip just to come to Miami to do a show. So we were passed up a lot. So yeah. I sort of took it upon myself. Well, I have these relationships. Let me see if I can put, put something together. So that's how I start. That's how Strutter started. And, uh, what I did was I, I found out who the other promoters were around the state. I reached out to them and I explained to them, look, I have these connections. I know these, you know, I, I, I'm good friends with this big New York booking agent. And, um, I, I have these bands as clients you know, I can get them to Miami if you guys, you know, work with me. And that's basically, uh, you know, how how Strutter got started. Huh. And, yeah. That's, um, that's pretty amazing. Sorry about that, folks. I had a little garbage truck outside of my window. So we're back that, here that, with, that, um... That's where, you, that's, where you, that's where you put in the commercial. <laughs> right? So okay, we're back. <laughs> um, so, what are some of the shows that you've um, produced with Strutter? Um, some of the shows. Well, I think the first show was a Colleen Green show. Uh, yeah. It was her birthday, um, and and I think that was also with the Memories. So those are some West Coast bands. Cool. Um, in California, I've done shows with. The OCs, uh, King Tough. How do you find uh, these bands? Mm -hmm. How do you find them? Um, or do they find you? Uh, well, it started out 
I would just poke around and see who was touring. And I would reach out to the, their booking agent. I'd look up who their booking agent was, reach out to them and tell them, you know, who I am and what I did and how I had the connection with all the other um, booking agents around the state. And I could link them up. You know, if they come to Miami, I could get them five shows on the way down and on the way back out. And that sort of built those connections because at first it was like, well, you know, the tour is already booked. There was a lot of that. Right. And then, but then the next time around, they started to, now they had me on their call list and they would start reaching out to me. Um, I still do that sometimes and I still am able to get thrown on to a tour uh, that way. But for the most part, at this point, um, agents are, are, are reaching out to me. It's been, you know, six, seven, eight years of, of doing it. Wow. Yeah. Booking agents, everybody's friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough, a super tough gig. Um, you know, you, 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 you have some winners to pay for the losers, you know? Yeah. Um, it's really tough. Um, but I got to give it up for the local music scene in Miami. We really sure. are, are blessed with uh, a wonderful scene and a lot of small business owners who who get it. And um, I've had a lot of help along the way. Um, the people that own and run Churchill's, the people that own and run Las Rosas, um, you know, those are some really, really great people to work with. And they they make shit happen, and that's you know that's sort of my you know my my trademark is my slogan is to just you know make shit happen, and that's what these these people do. So um, you know it's not you know I can't take credit for for doing it. I need all these people's help, and unfortunately I've I've had it. Sure. What are some of your uh, favorite shows that you've done? Like any any one particular. Or any couple of them that that stick um, out to you? Yeah, there were, there was there, um, so the the VOC show at Churchill's was was a fucking blast. That was soon after Daniels sold uh, Churchill's to the new people, and I forget who opened up, but it was just a really crazy show from start to finish. And by the time VOCs came on. It was late. It was hot. It was packed. And where the, the where are the OCs from? Sorry, what's that? Where are the OCs from? OCs are from uh, they're from California, wow. uh, San Francisco. Wow. Yeah, uh, uh, John Dwyer moved to LA, but I think at that time they were out of San Francisco. Um, great band. With Two drummers, super powerful wow. garage rock band. I'm gonna yeah. write that down. The OCs. Okay, go on. Yeah, and um, so it started to get really, really crazy with the moshing and <laughs> the new ownership. I think they had even put up signs that were like "No moshing at Churchill's," like you know. <laughs> and at one point in the show, it got super crazy, and kids are flying all over the place. <laughs> and this woman who was like one of the owners, I guess. She was fucking drunk, okay? 
and I'm like standing back there with her and she's super sloppy and drunk and at one point she runs out into the crowd to try to stop the kids from moshing and I run in after her and I tear her off of people and (laughs) it was really insane then there were people pulling me off of her and it was really insane oh my god a bottle got thrown oh no and broke above the band and the band stopped mid-song and kind of freaked out and then that kid that threw the bottle got thrown out (laughs) that was that was an epic show probably my favorite show was a show that i did um with jacuzzi boys king tough and um oh my god talk about drawing a blank um (laughs) x-hex uh, X-Hex, King Tough, and Jacuzzi Boys. It was the most incredible billing. Um, if you're not familiar, go ahead and listen to X-Hex, King Tough, and Jacuzzi Boys. All great rock and roll bands, super catchy stuff. Um, you will like all three bands. Nice. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> that, that was probably my favorite, uh, my favorite show that, that I did. Um, some great shows with Turbo Fruits, a band from Nashville. Um, they were also great performers. Um, yeah. Too, did, too many to remember, really. Did you go on the road with uh, Strutter Productions yet? I think you have, haven't you? Uh, I, I did. I did I did go to um, when Turbo Fruits came. Um, I did go with them. They I did Gainesville, Orlando, and then Miami with them. Um, but that's that's um, that's the only time I've you know left Miami to do anything with Strutter. Uh, hmm. That was that was a pretty crazy time too. That was the end of Turbo Fruits. They had oh a, no, yeah, there was a really bad fight with the band. Uh, that could in be fu- that that could be fun from a non-band member. <laughs> it was memorable. Why? It was memorable. Oh, you don't have to. You don't have to say. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was ugly, but it made for a great show. It was like it was like makeup sex in Miami. Uh, the show was so fucking good in Miami because it was after all this drama went down, and there was really, you know, the band really had like something to prove. Actually, the guitar player left and. The band that they were touring with, uh, also some really good musicians from Nashville. Um, uh, what were they called? Um, oh shit! Something had pussy in the name. <laughs> oh, uh, Nashville Pussy. No, it wasn't Nashville Pussy. Also, a great, another great band name. Um, I'll, I'll think of it. But anyway, their guitar player like learned the songs in the van on the way from Orlando to Miami. And played oh. the show with them. And like I said, the band just really played Miami with something to prove. And, and that was a great show. And that was at Gramps. And that's another venue that um, uh, is, 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 is a reason why Miami has a healthy live music scene. Gramps does a lot of great stuff, too. Yeah, Wynwood is def that Wynwood area in Miami area is yeah. def- has definitely stepped up to the plate. I remember clubs like Roses, 
and even yeah. automatic mm-hmm. slims, you know, those are some yeah. cool places. Yeah. Yeah. There are a ton of places for live bands to play, but the ones that we do have are are, are really good. Yeah. Um, now, how did you come to manage the Jacuzzi Boys? Um, if you guys aren't familiar with the Jacuzzi Boys, they're a, uh, an amazing punk rock band. Um, can you talk about that? Sure. Um, that's, that's kind of a, a, a funny story, too. Um, one day there was a Facebook post that just said, Jacuzzi Boys, Inc. And I had seen them once or twice before. The first time I saw them, they opened up for uh, the Black Lips at Churchill's. That was also an epic show. And I hadn't seen them before. This is probably 2009. And I was really blown away. Um, And so, you know, fast forward a few weeks, maybe even a couple of months, and I see this Facebook post, Jacuzzi Boys, Inc. So... I send him a DM, and I said, look, I'm a CPA, this is what I do, you know, if you need help, if, 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 if you've just incorporated and you need help, I'm here to help. And uh, with that, I get a message back, and they're like, yes, we need help. That's funny. So um, that, that's basically how it started, and, um, you know, fast forward 10, 11 years, 12 years, whatever, and... Um, those guys are my best friends to this day. Um, we, I, I travel with them. Um, you know, we have barbecues at the crib, and uh, they're they're like I said, they're just uh, they're they're really really good guys, and and we've developed we have a great relationship to this day. So you're pretty much what a manager should be and should do. <laughs> <laughs> but but a lot of them um, don't. Yeah, I, yeah, well, you know, I, I, that's, you know, one thing that, that I think is true is that anybody that you work with as, as a musician, as a band, whatever, um, you want to get people that are really into what you're, what it is that you're doing and yeah. not just somebody that, you know, is a music lawyer or, you know, is a business manager. Um, you really want somebody that gets what you're doing, digs what you're doing. And because they're going to, you know, they're going to go the extra mile for you. And um, so if that's what you're talking about, um, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm a fan of the band first. And, um, you know, and then this relationship developed and we really were immediately on the same page and could talk about shit. And, um, you know, we really just kind of hit it off and we're super comfortable with each other from the very beginning. Wow. Now, um... What do you guys have planned for the future and um, any cool local shows coming up? Obviously, you know, in a couple months from now. Um, well, Jacuzzi Boys were supposed to go on tour um, this month. Uh, like, first week in April through the first week in May, there was they had a U.S. tour booked. Awesome. Um, yeah, so obviously that that got the kibosh. Um What's that, What's that mean? What's that mean? Got the kibosh. Got the kibosh. Well, like, it got the Rona. <laughs> and I don't, yeah. Um, so now you I need to write a song to, called uh, Got the Kibosh. Got the kibosh, yeah. They put the kibosh on it. 
It was going to be a really good tour. It was the first time that they were taking bands out in support of them. Uh, Garrett T. Caps is a killer. Nice. Uh, sort of country uh, musician based out of uh, San Antonio, Texas. Mm-hmm. And another band called The Cowboys. Uh, that's also a great rock and roll band with a little bit of a Western vibe to it. So I was really looking forward to that tour uh, for them, you know, excited for, 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 for the band. Um, so we don't know what they're going to do yet about rescheduling, but it's looking like probably something in the, in the fall. Um, hopefully that... Yeah. Everybody stays the fuck home so we can end this thing sooner than later and yeah. and hopefully they find a vaccine or whatever needs to be done so that we can get back to uh, being able to play packed shows in clubs again. Yeah, I... You know, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? I have no idea where this is all going. Yeah, it's really, really tough. Really tough on, uh, on musicians. And I see you, you know, um, kudos to you, brother, for, you know, doing what you're doing and and, and thinking outside the box and going online and, and putting yourself out there because that's what, you know, and I, the same thing I've been telling small business clients is you have to think, you know, outside the box. Um, yeah. Uh, there's there's a record store in town, uh, Technique Records, and Mikey has, has come up with this killer idea where, you know, it started out with like, oh, okay, so the record store can't be open, but we can do, um, you know, do online orders and we can mail it to you, or you can do curbside pickup. And then what Mikey started to do was he started to do these curated, um, curated polls where you send him a message and you tell him, "Hey, I'm into power pop, and I have forty dollars to spend." And Mikey will curate; uh, he'll pull, you know, however many records forty dollars will buy, and it's all stuff that he thinks that you'll like based on. You know, maybe you told him, I like this band and that band. I like the Smiths. I like the Cure. That's a so good idea. Gonna, you know, he's going to turn you on to some other stuff, or you tell him a, a genre like power pop, and he's going to turn you on to some stuff that way. Right. And just really great, a really great idea um, to generate new business. Right. And I think that's that's what people have to do, and that's something that, you, you know, you were one of the first ones that was on it. Um playing shows whether it's from your house or going to a venue and just setting up a camera yourself and yeah and and, and doing everything yourself um it's it's what we've got to do until like i said we figure this thing out and we can get back to normal you know it's uh it's funny because every time that i try to do an online show um i'm like man you know i i don't know if you know this is good or anything like that um, yeah. But but then I get a I get an email or a, a message from someone that says thank you for doing this. You have no idea how how much it means to us right now. So yeah. you know it it does make a difference if anyone's listening out there. If you think your online shows are not, they are. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco and his huh. family um, every night. Uh, I, I think it's like every night, but Wednesday they go on. And they do an Instagram live for an hour from uh, 10 to 11 o'clock our time. They live in Chicago, so it's 9 to 10 their time. And it's just this great, uh, you know, diversion from the monotony and the anxiety um, that, that we're all feeling.
is something that, you know, in my house, we, 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 we look forward to it. Um, awesome. and, and, and stuff like that. So if you, you know, if you have like a regular time that you do it, you know, weekly or, or, or a few days a week, whatever it is that you do. Yeah. I think people will look forward to it and sort of, you know, put it on their, on their, on their schedule and set their VCRs, you know, uh, we do need stuff like that now. Do you, um, can you offer any advice for um, young up-and-coming artists with anything that we talked about? Um, yeah, sure. I, I think that the most important thing for um, for a band that's starting out is, first of all, to grow their local fan base. Um, a strong local fan base. The idea is that you know it's all word of mouth. That's how things get out that's how you know it's it's you know friends telling friends you need to listen to this this is really good joel's an incredible guitar player joel's a great singer joel's a great songwriter you know you should you should listen to him um so a a, a good local a strong local fan base is is where it starts once that's established then you got to go out on tour. You got to get in the van. You got to do you gotta that. Go. You got to do yeah. that. It's yeah. it's so hard nowadays, you know, cuz there's I mean <clears throat> you, there's really no more money in it. So, I mean, yeah. from an indie uh point of view, so you got to make your money by tips, uh merchandise, uh yeah. online. It's just it <clears throat> pardon me, for an artist it's like you have to do everything, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. That, that that gets to the small business aspect of yeah. it. You you're running a small business, right? It's yeah. not just, you know, um, in your case, you've got to manage your band. You have to write the songs. You have to rehearse. You have, and then you know, of course, you have to go play the shows. But then, yeah, you gotta you gotta prepare T-shirts, CDs, and buttons and stickers and all kinds of shit. So, um, you know. It, because you need that to, to supplement yourselves uh, financially yeah. in order to, to put gas in the van and, yes. um, you know, maybe a pillow under your head at night. So yes. um, there, there is a lot to it. It's hard. Yeah. Um, but it's a necessary thing. You really, sure. really got to do it. Yeah. And, uh, and it can be a lot of fun, too. So. All right. We're back here, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, how did we meet I, I, Robert? Involved in politics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were. We were. We were a little angry. I remember at that time. We were, I remember. I remember feeling angry at that show and having some angry words scribbled on a white T-shirt with a sharpie. Oh God! Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but that, did you? You didn't play that, right? You just. Oh, like, I, it. I. Yeah, you're right. I did not play it. I had you guys. I had JP when wow when JP was first starting his blues thing, his blues band. Right. He, I was playing there. I got some. He played like a cigar box, right? Yeah, yeah. 
and, the one string or whatever. And I got some singer-songwriter from Seattle. And there was... Um, you could, do you remember the, the wacky muralist that was there? That was painting as... as uh, Totally. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I forgot his name, but he he lives in Los Angeles now or something. And funny thing, okay. uh, oh, I also met another friend of mine who's a friend of mine now, uh, my friend Anders, who lives in Washington. Uh, where we did it was the parking lot of Brownies. Do you know that history? Which is actually Tap Forty Two now. It's now Tap Forty Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was a it was a speakeasy blues joint back in the day that had. Duke Ellington, uh, oh shit! Yeah, Charlie Parker, Coltrane, and not, really, yeah, that when they tore that down, I'm like, oh, because they could have, wow. they could have fixed it up and made it. Yeah, that's that. Uh, who? Uh, all everybody played. I it think, was a cool place. It did. It had like leather boots in the back. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like the curved, you know, leather boots. Yeah, that was a cool spot. Yeah, all hardwood floors. I remember. Not too many places like that around anymore. Well, yeah. Tobacco Road's gone. Is that yeah. even something now? Or is it a parking I lot? What's, I don't know what's there. Might be just like a freaking condo. Oh, my that God. Whole, that whole area is so built out now. Oh, jeez. That whole area. Uh, yeah, I don't... It, did So, we did meet at that show or before that? We. I'm saying we must have met before that because, like, you knew... To ask me to play it, I'm trying to but think I can't. How. I can't think of, and that's that's going way back, dude. That's, I mean, this was, we were trying to get Obama elected. <laughs> so let's see, two thousand and seven, eight. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All the way in the way back machine. Oh boy, and now I don't even like to talk about politics. Well, you you, you kind of can't anymore, which is a bummer because, you know, there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, discussion and. No, there isn't. You're right. You know. Yeah. You're right, but, but yeah. But you're right. <laughs> that you can't talk politics anymore. Because you're wrong, no matter what. It's devolved. It's, 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 we, we are Devo. Um. Yeah. Would you? Can you plug um all of your uh outlets right now sir? sure um uh Badowski and Badowski CPAs we're down here in downtown Hollywood uh doing the best we can given the circumstances I'm here in the office every day staff are working from home um so we're making our way through this whole coronavirus thing um uh Mr. Entertainment and the Pookie Smackers. Uh, we'll probably be playing out again soon. We played at Sin Mystery up in Dania, which is a cool little oh. tea house and beer and wine spot up there in Dania. Um, Starter USA is on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we did have some shows lined up for April that, of course, we had to cancel. So we'll be doing cool shit in the foreseeable future. Um for sure, check out Jacuzzi Boys. They should be on tour, hopefully, later this year. Uh, and then we always do a show, like a welcome home show, um, when tour's over. Um, we did have something planned for that, so whenever that tour happens, uh, there will be a, a show for them. And 
Uh, I do have another band that I play with. Uh, uh, we're called The Dunn. It's myself, my brother, and our buddy Pete. <laughs> and uh, we get together at my brother's house. It's our Thursday night thing um, where I get to write songs. My brother and I switch off on drums and guitar, and um, it's it's that's a great outlet for for us too. Uh, we don't play out that much, um, but we uh, we do enjoy what we do. Wow. Well, you're an inspiration, bro. You are busy as a mother. Um, wow. Well, thank you, well, thanks, Rob. For... I appreciate you very much. And, oh, and you too, all man. The, all that you do. And, um, I mean, look, the fact that you were doing what you did in 2007 and 2008 and all that you've kept doing... Uh, through today, and you're an inspiration to me, brother. So, so there you go. Thank you, Rob, for joining us today on my podcast, Peace, Love, and Hot Sauce. I sure do miss you, man. And um, we'll get through this. Talk to you later. All right, brother. Be good. Peace.